0: cults over here.
1: Colts over there. There are cults everywhere. everywhere. And we're gonna tell you all about it with a fairy tale twist.
0: Welcome to Once,
2: Once Upon, upon a, a Cult.
1: Once upon a time there was a man who knew the supreme truth and he was like, you're a wizard, Harry. And then he went to the mountains and he made the um Immortal Mountain Wizard Association. <laughs> this is so Woo! something that happened. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a real thing and it's where wizards go.
1: Yeah. And um speaking of real quick, uh Alan is no longer ignorant as he wow. has now seen all eight Harry Potter movies. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hazad, did you make him
1: time.
0: did you make him wait a year? Between the first of the seventh and like the seventh and the eighth, I feel like yes, you I can't did. really yeah. appreciate how this goes unless you have to wait a year between those coming <laughs> out.
1: Yeah, we waited a year <laughs> or a day. I mean, whichever one.
0: makes sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you watched that Fantastic Beasts yet?
1: No,
2: that's coming next.
0: Yay!
2: We're deciding whether or not to watch the reunion before Fantastic Beasts or wait to... You can watch the
0: reunion first, because it doesn't touch on Fantastic Beasts at all um, in the reunion. So you're pretty good. Now you know everyone (laughs) you need to know, and you can touch base with them and enjoy it. I... Literally, just had done the same thing of re watching all the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> I watched The Reunion and I watched the first of Fantastic Beasts. And when I come back home uh, in two weeks or so, I'm going to make my mom watch the second one. And Yay. then we have the third one coming out soon. But
1: yeah. Alan and Rachel, we're not here to talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. thought we
0: were on a Harry Potter co- podcast.
1: <laughs> we're here to talk about Aleph. Aleph? Yeah. Aleph?
0: Aleph, yeah, Aleph? Aleph? Yes. Or as it's better known... Um Shinrikyo. The
1: Supreme Truth.
0: Yes. Yes. I, it was really interesting as I was researching like cuz I knew it ends up being a left at the end but there's not a whole information about that name change except yeah. for that like they figured they should distance themselves from some things <laughs> so they changed their name and there's no reason for this name. It's <laughs> just this name now. <laughs> I'm like, oh okay. It's just
1: this name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, logical. But yes, there's. This is a fun, interesting group. You guys, is it though? <laughs> no, but it it has a a great origin story because it it all starts with a man, a special man, um, who he was born all the way back on March second, nineteen fifty five, as Chizuo Matsumoto, and. This guy was born to a large, poor family in the Kumamato Prefecture, and sadly, he had glaucoma as an infant, and... That led to an issue where he lost all sight in his left eye and also went partially blind in his right eye. And because of that, he got to go to a special school for the blind. And while he was there, he was a horrible person. (laughs) And he bullied people and he extorted them. And I have a cat aggressively loving my computer right now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, he was not a great person as a child, and it kind of didn't get much better as he grew up. After he graduated, he did decide that he wanted to, um, well, actually, first of all, he became an acupuncturist and a masseuse. And um, because obviously someone that's being mean to people should Work in a healing arts where they're taking <laughs> care of people, um, but I guess I didn't know this. But apparently, a lot of people that attended the school for the blind ended going up into these different healing modalities, and he did decide that he wanted to go to university, um, but he failed to get in to that. Uh, so I didn't. It didn't work out. Um, apparently. Wasn't in the cards. Um, so then he really dived more into Chinese medicine and then he also <clears throat> developed an interest in astrology.
2: Oh, wow. Oh.
0: These are great beginnings. He's doing all the fun things, I think. Um, he got married in 1978 and he had his first child that year and he ends up having 12 children. This guy does not just sit around, he
1: He's a has all the children. There. Well, yeah.
0: conservative. He has some, some far right leading <laughs> beliefs, um, but yeah. And so, things are going good in eighty one or eighty two. Unfortunately, he was fined for practicing pharmacy without a license, which kind of set up some things. Like because that happened, he became more interested in religious things. And I don't even know. Did you guys see what Like, I saw this happened to him, and as a result, he became really interested in religious things. And I'm like, how are those related? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know if it's just because it limited what he was previously doing to make money to support 12 children um, or why. But he went from doing stuff with pharmacy that he wasn't licensed to do to then kind of really leaning into religion. Religious things. He started studying the Chinese astrology even more, Taoism, Western esotericism, which we see in so many organizations that we like to look into, that esotericism, um, and also Buddhism and Christianity. And then he started conducting yoga and meditation sessions from his one-bedroom apartment in Tokyo, which is fun to imagine. Him having a one-bedroom apartment, going toward 12 kids, and hosting Oops. yoga and meditation.
1: And this is where the fun name comes in, the Umu Shinsen no Kai, which is Om um, Immortal Mountain Wizard Association.
0: Yay! Because Yay. you, too, can be a wizard if you start meditating, if you start uh, doing yoga. That's where wizard powers come from.
1: And you can levitate, too, where you're <laughs> yes. not obviously sitting on a step. But we'll get back no. to that.
0: <laughs> he, I mean, that, that kind of pretty much happened right there. He, he claimed to all his people that came to do meditation and yoga with him that he had achieved enlightenment. And as a result, he could also levitate. And he released pictures of this as proof, as solid, real-life proof.
1: It just makes me laugh because it's like, look up these pictures, Coltis, because it's a completely like white background, but like you can see the photographer's shadow and you can see where it like goes up on a step. So he's obviously sitting on a step, but he's supposed to be him levitating.
0: He is levitating with his enlightenedness. He's just <laughs> yeah. so enlightened. It lifts him
1: from the floor. Um, yeah. So this is about um, 1987 where we're at right now. And now he's going by Shoko Asahara.
0: Yes. He ends up changing his name. Um, And at this point where he was telling people he could levitate, he also started discussing publicly um, about psychic powers and how to acquire psychic powers. Like he was kind of on his journey to do this. And, um, The year that they, I I thought this was great, the year that they really formed on Shinzen Nokai was 1984, a special year where all good things happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And it was at the same time that he did change his name to Shoko Asahara. So from here on out, it is Asahara. Um, Asahara. Yeah. In 87, he already had 1,300 members and they renamed the group to Am Shinrikyo. Did you see if there was a reason for this particular name change?
1: I didn't didn't see see one, actually. Yeah, Yeah.
0: they just, occasionally they get bored. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) at the same time, he developed a unique doctrine where he drew different beliefs from the Buddha Uh, or from Buddhism, from Hinduism, and from Christianity. Because as we know, what do our cult leaders like to do? They like to present you with things you're familiar with so that you feel like you can identify with them and join in. That's what they like to do.
1: I found one thing that said that the reason he probably got so many followers so quick is for exactly what you said. I guess there was kind of this... Malay about religion. Or, is that how you say that? Malou? Malay? Malay? Malays?
0: Like M A L A S, M A L
1: A I S. Yeah. Yep. People were Malay. kind of just bored with religion in Tokyo. So then here comes this guy who's like, hey, here's something familiar, Christian and <laughs> Buddhism. But not only am I going to give it to you, I'm going to give it to you an anime. And comic books and cartoons. With pizzazz to connect with the
0: everyman of everyday life.
1: Yeah, so apparently he got a lot of like college students and quote unquote like enlightened people who were like, oh, this is neat, this is fun, this is interesting. I wanna learn about religion through anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they actually had their own
2: anime studio called Manga Anime Team. M A T. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Alan and I were lucky enough to be blessed with finding one of these animes <laughs> on Ooh, YouTube. Yeah.
0: The it true was blessing.
1: Very good in the way that the Twilight movies are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Was it as good as the Happy Science anime?
1: I would say. From an entertainment standpoint, it was better because it was so funny. It was so cheesy. Oh, like It had Shoko like levitate or basically be like Superman yeah. flying around. He crosses <laughs> his legs and he <laughs> levitates up like 50 feet into the air and just starts traveling around the world with this big smile on his face. <laughs> and his hair is like dramatically blowing in the wind. And it was just so drama. So uh, wonderful. <laughs> in the I way mean, that the Twilight movies are good. <laughs> Why? I I,
0: you just describing it to me I don't understand how one could watch it And not be enthralled And brought into this belief
1: Yeah, it's something familiar It's something entertaining And we could also go on the dinosaur ride
0: which is amazing as everyone knows it's so good um so anyway um instead and we're not just talking like that this guy brought these doctrines in from like buddhism and hindu and christianity he also claimed to be buddha he's like you guys i am buddha not only in that by that, I am a reincarnation of Shiva, who is a Hindu god of destroying evil. So obviously someone good to have on your side if they're the destroyer of all evil. So very lucky to have him. And then also he is a Christ Messiah, like chosen by God. Um, okay. So... Like, yeah, so obviously this guy's <laughs> going to have the answers. This guy is going to be able to protect and care for you if you're one of his groups. And he obviously knows what he's doing because he has been there and done this all so many times before. He has all the knowledge. Um, and one of the things that he was public about, or at least his, what he claimed his goal was, was – That he was wanting to build the mythical kingdom of Shambhala, which is like a utopian state. Um, He wanted to build a place where everything was wonderful and where everyone that was part of Om Shinrikyo could live good and happy lives together.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who wouldn't want that? He's already laying out the foundations for... Getting people to join too, because a lot of his publishing, it has the ideas of there's world conspiracies, there's space Ooh. missions, there's powerful weapons. Come with me on a quest for a mini quest for ultimate truth. Yeah, yeah. He, he like predicted that there was going to be some sort of like doomsday
2: prophecy, like a third world world war coming. Started
0: by the USA, which, yeah. I mean, makes sense. Of course. Yeah. It's tracking. Uh, it tracks. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and then he also had the Om Salvation Plan, which claimed to cure physical illness with health improvement techniques and uh, help with life goals through positive thinking. So yes. I'm thinking this is already back in 1989. Like, I feel like today in 2022 – the whole idea of positive thinking and like using totems and like, this is very common now, but like back then it wasn't as common.
0: Yeah. At least not on a wide, uh, like thing. I feel like there's definitely religions that have these beliefs in them, but at this time you didn't have the internet. You didn't have all these different religions having that same kind of global reach that we now see where even smaller religions have spread and that information has been, been disseminated and put out there, uh, for people to discover and follow. Uh, so it's like, it's almost interesting. I feel like in the oldie times, Christianity, like it is now so present because it was just hundreds of years of that religion being like spread through conquest and all this stuff. And now all it takes is the internet. Um, to spread the word mm-hmm. <laughs> for different religions. Um, yes, and in 89, despite many warnings from cult experts and um, different government officials, the Tokyo Metropolitan Government granted legal recognition as a religious corporation to um, Shimrikyo, which really helped them because it meant that like they didn't have to pay as much taxes, a uh, lot of the money that gets brought in, they don't have to like follow business laws (laughs) with regards to it. So (laughs) it also kind of protects them as a religion, like then because they have similar laws about discrimination where religion um, is. And so they get protected as a valid following in religion.
1: Well, and just to kind of really hone in on why this is so important when we look at, Scientology, they were kind of floundering as a group until they re- received this religious status, this religious exempt, tax exempt status, because they're tax exempt. Suddenly they're, poor, they're bringing in all this money through their different works, and they're just using that money for, dare I say, self-gain. So it really is a big deal for a group like this to get that tax exempt.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. yeah. Taxes, as we all know, That takes up a lot (laughs) from the money that comes your way. So definitely helpful for them. Um, They had actually started a monastic order, which was, um, I saw it called like the Lotus Villages, where male monks and female nuns were indoctrinated with the hope of becoming future Buddhas themselves.
1: Don't they just have to eat a lot and be jolly?
0: One must also be enlightened. Oh. <laughs> um, so, around this time in 89, there was an interesting incident where I'm going to, I apologize in advance for any pronunciation errors that I make. Tsutsumi? Tsutsumi? Sakamoto? He was an anti-cult lawyer who was bringing a class action suit against the group of Am Shimrikyo, And this was because there was a lot of anti-sentiment toward them because there was deception used to bring on recruits. Uh, they were apparently holding members against their will. They were forcing donations from their members. So like, and this is something you kind of see like a required tithing by a religion that's like to be a part of us, you have to give us a certain amount of your income in order to stay with us. So, um, force. But they were, like, forcing it um, and enforcing that through violence. Um, And then also, um, there was also um, word about a member who was murdered when they tried to leave the group. So Sakamoto was putting together this class action suit against them, and he gave an interview to a Japanese talk show. And after he did that interview, the network being super cool people uh, secretly showed the interview to members of the cult and didn't notify Sakamoto, letting him know that they'd done this. And considering this cult
1: is known. I I read that the network TBS, I read that they were also pressured by Aleph to have the video released to them. So it wasn't just the network being assholes. It was like threatening them.
0: Yes. And, um, and after that was released to them, they also then started like pressuring the network not to release this interview. They didn't want that made public. Um, but unfortunately then the next month Sakamoto, his wife and his infant child disappeared completely and at the time, the police were always suspicious that it had to do with this whole class action lawsuit and the interview and the cult. Um, and many of the family members of Sakamoto are like, these people are responsible. But the police, although suspicious, could not find any proof. They couldn't find where Sakamoto had gone, no bodies, no nothing. And it wasn't until many, many years later when they were following up with some future uh, events involving subways, uh, that it was uncovered that they were murdered and where their bodies had been disposed of. So this cult uh, was rather aggressive. They did not take threats lying down. Mm -mm. If you were a member that was dissenting, if you were an outsider that was speaking against them, um, you had to be on guard because they were coming for you. They would not appreciate us right now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that um, was
1: crossed my mind.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yes, so. So you found more on yeah. what happened to them, right? Yeah, well, even before that, like the,
2: I mean, obviously because he was do it, leading this class action mm-hmm. lawsuit against um, the um, Shinriku, like they, he also was able to, and this is kind of funny. He was able to get blood sample from um, what's his name, um, the leader. Oh, <laughs> um, from Ashoka. Uh, 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 Sh- yeah, and. They were able to basically get it from him and find that like his blood, he had no like special powers in his blood or anything unusual. There's like, a test for that. <laughs> I, get, I, I don't know. They just said like they I got a blood test, no and idea. there was like, nothing unusual for it. But it's just funny how like Shoko is just like, yeah, you can have my blood. Like he he totally believed that he was this like god, you know, and it's gonna show in his blood. Um, oh wow. so,
0: like,
2: <laughs> Yeah. So that was like one of the most damaging thing that. Sakamoto had, and that was kind of like one of the big targets that this group kind of that led him to be a target, basically, for this group. And mm-hmm. even before they had attacked him in his own home, they actually tried to kidnap him um, on November 30, November 3rd, um, I think that was the morning of the murder. Um, a group basically went to the subway station that he commutes from um, or the Shinkansen train train that he uses. Um, and they had like 14 hypodermic syringes ready to just like knock him out and kidnap him. Um, but luckily it was a holiday that day, so he, he didn't have to go to work. But yeah. Um, Bad planning. Yes. <laughs> but that night at 3 a.m., that group entered the apartment which was unfortunately unlocked that day. Um, and they did not, so they they were all, the whole family was sleeping, him, uh, Sakamoto, his wife, and their 14-month-old son um, were all sleeping. So they broke into the house. They had struck Sakamoto in the head um, first, and then they beat his wife, who was 29 years old. Um, and then they had injected the, potassium chloride in their 14 month old son while he was sleeping and also suffocated him with, with, um, cloth. Um, but there was Sakamoto actually didn't die right away. There was a struggle actually, and they ended up poisoning him. So yeah, it's, it's tough. And the reason why they were successful in hiding the murder for so many years was because they actually put their bodies in metal drums separately and hid them in three separate areas or three different prefectures. Um, so they didn't know until the incident, which we'll talk about um, later. After that wasn't covered, that's when they basically confessed um, where these bodies were. Wow. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, and just to add a little to what was going on around this time, this came out in a book in 1996, and it was written by David E. Kaplan and Andrew Marshall. It's, you don't really need to write this title down because it's so short and easy to remember. Oh, okay. The Cult at the End of the World, the terrifying story of the Om Doomsday Cult, from the subways of Tokyo to the nuclear arsenals of Russia.
0: Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's short and to the point. You know what you're getting in that book.
1: exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, they assert that um, that people, Rachel kind of mentioned this earlier, that people were being basically duped into joining Aleph. They were given false promises. At the same time, once they were inside and in part of the rituals, uh, they were apparently being given hallucinogenics, like LSD, to promote visions. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> The things that that they love to do to the (laughs) way these cult leaders love to give this fun thing to people for the most nefarious of reasons.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just give them LSD; they'll join.
0: (laughs) Woo! Um,
1: Apparently, they were hanging people upside down, are also using uh, shock treatment on them. So I can see, like, getting into the minds of these people because you wonder, like, what drives someone to suffocate a baby. But if you're taking these drugs and being told that this uh, Shoko is like the supreme being, then that's problematic. And that's where a lot of this would get really into your head and mess you up.
0: Yeah, definitely. And an interesting thing that started happening in 1989 as well was Ashara began to militarize the cult and this didn't really reach down all the way into like the everyday practicers. um, But a lot like further up within the power, they were bringing in lots of scientists and um, they were putting a lot of focus um, to try to capture power on a more political spectrum. So in the nineties, they first tried to do that through electoral politics. So, Um, Ashara and 24 other people formed the Shinrito party and they all ran um, in the, they all ran, they all run. (laughs) They, they all went up in the election, but Uh no one won. So instead that's when Ashara started to shift the focus and start thinking of violence as the way that they were going to be able to achieve the, like control that they really wanted to have. And so they s- had all these scientists that they brought on and they started manufacturing special weapons and creating chemical stockpiles. Um, they were forming a biological and chemical warfare program. Um, they kind of started out with harvesting botulinum bacterium um, as something that they could use for like poison. Um, my favorite is they uh, there was a big outbreak of Ebola in Zaire, and so they traveled to that outbreak, pretending to be there to try to help. but what they were really trying to do was obtain the virus so they could bring it back with them and use it in chemical and biological warfare <laughs> They're like, let's just go visit that Ebola outbreak and Bring some of that home so that we can get more power. Yay. (laughs) And one of my other favorite focuses that they had for the scientists was uh, they started studying the work of Nikola Tesla because he developed a ray gun uh, with a particle accelerator beam for shooting (laughs) down airplanes. (laughs) They really wanted to uh, harness that um, technology. Of course, um, I mean, there were a lot of theories that Tesla had around this that it, it didn't ever actually it never actually was a thing. as far as I'm aware, um, maybe <laughs> somewhere deep in our CIA files or something, you can find informations about a ray gun that's actually been invented and mastered from this, these theories that Nikola Tesla put out there. Uh, but I don't think the brilliant scientists of Amshim Rikio quite made it to that point. but I, I think that's think the so. best.
2: <laughs>
1: yes. So I think then that brings us to our uh, The, incidents. the, incidents the incident The incident part of the podcast
0: ah.
1: Yeah, so uh,
2: on March 20th, 1995 um, There was an uh, attack in the Tokyo subway system Where members of this group um, attack three lines. Basically, the uh, pulling it up right now. The Marunouchi line, um, the Hibiya line, and the um, Shidoya line. Those are the two main ones um, that they had attacked. And basically, what this group did was they brought in. I think it's serene, serene yeah. packets, which were very. Um, which is filled in serine gas, and they're very toxic. Toxic. Um, once you basically kind of – it gets into your system, your muscles kind of retract, almost kind of like getting muscle aches almost. And Ooh. it affects some people to the point where they can't breathe. Um, so it can be very deadly. Um, so basically, yeah, these people, they dropped it in the actual subways, and it, I believe around like a 1,000 people were – Um, affected and around like 13 or 14 people have had died from it 50 Mm -hmm. severely injured. Some Mm of whom actually eventually passed away as well too. Um, But yeah, I mean, this was the first kind of like big, like biological attack um, that had happened in Japan. And actually what one thing that I learned, and especially if you've visited Japan before, there are no, um, you won't find a lot of trash cans around Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people say like they end up kind of keeping a lot of trash in their pockets because like, yeah, there's no place to throw it away, but some people theorize and I think I believe it's true that because of this, Japan had, they don't have a lot of trash cans anymore because, um, I guess that's one of the ways you could like, you know, poison people is just throw it in the trash and it gets into the system. So, um,
0: Yeah, Yeah, I, I had read they had actually done a second. They tried to do a second attack elsewhere where they'd put something in some compartments and they just didn't managed to be triggered in time. They The things were discovered beforehand. So I do think that there was a big fear about having places where you could possibly hide explosives or poisonous gas things. And I know there are certain places where you go, if you ever see instead of having like a solid trash can, they have like clear bags mm-hmm. as the trash can. And that's like also to kind of help protect against situations and having kind of biological warfare or bombs be placed in those public places.
2: It's funny, though, because Japan is so clean, yet there (laughs) are just little (laughs) trash cans laying around. Like, that's just, it's funny Mm. that they do that.
1: And apparently um, one theory for why this happened is there was, uh, in February of that year, 1995, There was uh, Kiyoshi Kariya, a 69-year-old brother of a member who had escaped from Aum Shinrikyo. Shinrikyo. And he was getting uh, threatening calls and letters saying, tell us where your sister is or else we're going to kill you. And he was actually abducted and taken to a compound near Mount Fuji where he was killed. His corpse was destroyed in a microwave-powered incinerator. Jesus. But the police caught on to this murder, and they already had evidence for a lot of this other stuff that was happening. So apparently, um, Asahara got word that the police were going to raid his compound. So some people think that in March, he decided, well, maybe if they're looking somewhere else at these train explosion attacks, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them. Uh, maybe they won't be looking at my compound anymore. Maybe they'll yeah. be diverted. So that's one of the theories.
2: Yeah, and it, yeah. based on the train lines too, um, it looks like they, he was also trying to target um, people who worked in the Japanese parliament uh, because they mm-hmm. were passing through uh, the Kazumi Guseki and Nagacho, um lines So, or the, the stations. So that was also another thing too. I guess he wanted To target them.
0: Yep. Yep. Makes sense. He, uh, I mean, because he wanted to be the one in power now. Like, he couldn't do it through fair elections, so his plan, too, was violence. Military violence. Um, I did find it really interesting. I mentioned how they had, like, gotten these scientists and were trying to manufacture weapons. They had attempted to manufacture, like, a thousand assault rifles, but apparently only completed one. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I was
2: like, oh, no,
0: this is not going well. So um, they actually had a really strong presence um, in Russia. The kind of wing or, you know, leg of um, Shumrikyo that got a foothold in Russia um, became very strong. They also had one in New York that didn't catch on as well, and they had some others, but that one in the Soviet Union was um, when they did start getting some weapons, they kind of were able to smuggle those over from the Soviet Union. So, yeah, (laughs) they had smuggled like an AK-74 from (laughs) Russia so that they could study it and mass produce it themselves. But um, one, they completed one. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yay, that's a good start
0: Yeah, I mean, you gotta get past the first one (laughs) Um, But yeah, so after these attacks It kind of backfired The police conducted huge raids Simultaneous raids on all their compounds across the country (laughs) Um, So his plan to distract them Sending them in other directions did not work and as they really kind of dug into everything, um, I heard that that was at that point that they found at the headquarters um, at, the foot of, at the foot of Mount Fuji, they found explosives, the chemical weapons. Uh, they found a military helicopter, which they thought they were perhaps going to use that to disperse gas. Um, they also found things like anthrax and the Ebola cultures. So they did, they, they managed to get, Their special trip to Zaire worked out. They got those Ebola cultures
1: they wanted. Um, An Ebola full of fun. Wow. Sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Though there is also claims that those are just widely exaggerated. So some people say this definitely happened. Other people are like, this was all exaggerated. So who knows? (laughs) And they do think that they did have enough chemicals to produce enough sarin to kill 4 million people. So um, even if they didn't have all those extra things, they did really have enough of this weapon that they ended up using to do a lot of damage. Yeah. They also found that they made the drugs. They found they made LSD and methamphetamines um, and also a truth serum uh, apparently they made Um, and they tried to um, they said no this has nothing to do with our bad doings those are all chemicals for fertilizers Um, but they did (laughs) not believe them and they ended up arresting around um, over 150 cult members all for different like relating to the attacks and other various offenses
2: Yeah, Yeah. they ended up kind of finding more throughout the years as well too because at first, so they did apprehend Ashihara and he was initially sentenced to death in 2004, but he basically kept on, he was able to appeal his death sentence all the way through, I believe, 2011 because they kept on finding more members. Um, And then, yeah, eventually... After, you know, all his appeals were exhausted um, on July 6, 2018, that's when Asahara and six of his followers were um, executed
1: or put on death row um, on July 26. Yep. And it's kind of funny because, like, after Asahara's arrest and trial in 2000, his two sons took over. But they went the right way with things. I just think it's funny, like taking this group that did these horrible atrocities and trying to make light of it. Like, why didn't mm-hmm. they just start something new? <laughs> like, distance themselves from it. But uh, they
0: already have all these resources at their fingertips. I you just know. can't waste all those followers. Um, but that was when they made their Alice. name change. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> February of 2000, they became Aleph to be different. Um, and they also announced that they were going to change their doctrine, and it became way less religious. They they removed a lot of the Buddhism and um, some of the Bible things were just taken out. Um, and they did issue a public apology to the victims um, and created a um, fund in order to kind of pay... Uh, restitution to people that were involved in that Ooh, and also before i forget i love do you know where they found asahara where? like when they finally caught him he was hiding in a wall <laughs> in one of the buildings
1: <laughs> how odd, <I'm> how <laughs>
0: odd. <laughs> but that just made me giggle It was just like crawled inside of a wall to hide and not have to take account for any of the chaos that he had <laughs> created. Just going to hide in a wall. Um, that trash.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a choice. <laughs> so,
1: um, and it looks like um, he did finally get executed by hanging only in 2018. That wasn't even that long ago. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a lot more recent was when they actually executed everyone that was involved. Um, And I guess, I mean, from what I was told um, by a friend is that there wasn't a lot of, like, notice that it was going to happen. Like, these people obviously knew they were on death row. They knew they'd been sentenced to death. But I feel like oftentimes in... uh, what we're a little bit more familiar with here is that a specific date gets set and you know about that for a while. And apparently these like when it finally was time, it just like happened rather quickly. Whereas like, Oh, you're dying in a couple days. Um, and so they were all hung, um, executed by hanging. Yeah. But they, um, really kind of wanted to make an example of the fact that like this group really brought terror and fear into society and that that is something that is not allowed here anymore so yeah
1: yeah and it looks like even today Aleph is still kind of questionable from what I'm seeing like there's still a lot of events of people looking in and For the most Mm -hmm. part, it looks like they're doing good works, but there's always the occasional, like, odd thing that pops up.
0: Yeah. And one of the things, oh, go ahead. Oh, and I mean, I was going to say, I actually found like an article uh, that was written during the pandemic, and it was about how they are trying to get lonely college students, pe- like college students that are feeling lonely during the pandemic because they aren't able to go to school, and they would reach out to them as if they were an organization from campus to say like, oh. join our community, uh, but they <laughs> none of them actually were for from campus and not sanctioned (laughs) to do work on campus, but um, they approached them as if they were a student group um, to say, Hey, we are a left join our thing.
1: (laughs) Right. And yeah, (laughs) along with that, I guess there is reports of the Aleph leadership still encouraging a reverence towards Shoko where if you're trying to distance yourself from what he ordered people to do, then it's kind of odd that they'd still want you to revere him.
0: Mm-hmm. So interesting, yeah. And um, it's not just them; they do. They also had like a little split uh, with, um, I think his name was Fumihiro Joyu. In two thousand seven, um, he used to be the. Uh, spokesperson and head of the Moscow operation and he announced a separation where he started a new group called the Hikari Nowa which is the circle of light and it claims to be committed to uniting science and religion and creating the new science of the human mind. Um, So they're really trying to kind of split with that old criminal history and be something different and new. Didn't dive into that group a lot but I like the name The circle of light. It's the circle of light.
1: (laughs) That's beautiful. I thought so. You're beautiful.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: (laughs) So I think that pretty much brings us to the end of our group this week. Yeah. Should we go through our totems?
0: Let us go through the totems.
1: Did they have a charismatic leader?
0: I guess he was charismatic. I see pictures and I, I question it. He must be very different in person.
1: You know why you're confused, Rachel? When you I. have not watched the anime and seen him <laughs> fly up into the air.
0: This is why lock. I'm confused. <laughs> I, I, yes, I need to watch it and then I will know.
1: <laughs> and then you will look up the pictures of him levitating, <laughs> which he's not sitting on a step, and you will know his power.
0: I will know. I mean, you can't question it after that. (laughs)
1: How about alienation?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I mean, we talked about the monastery where uh, some of the people went to go live in isolation so they could become Buddhas themselves. Um, But I also think there was a certain aspect of like if members tried to leave – that violence that they expressed to keep them in there and like keeping them away from their family members was very present.
1: Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. How about belief system? Yeah,
0: there are some beliefs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one thing I forgot to mention. um, Part of their rituals with, with him was that they would actually drink some of his blood and also use his hair, like make tea out of his hair.
0: Vampirism.
1: Yeah, they
0: were practicing vampirism.
1: <laughs> I'll stick with the wine, <laughs> the blood of Christ. <laughs> How about uh, outside evil?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. like Subways. I mean, subway. Well, like anyone that was currently in power, the mm-hmm. USA clearly, which is going to yeah. start World War Three. Um yeah, they definitely created a you're on the side of good vibe.
1: <laughs> How about lastly, sense of community? Oh, yes, they oh. were the
0: chosen ones. I mean, one of the big reasons to be part of this group was because they would be the chosen people that would make it past the apocalypse. So,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, and that reminds me too, a lot of his early teachings and beliefs also came from Nostradamus, which is a great source <laughs> since he was the like OG apocalyptic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We got you gotta love some Armageddon lore. You gotta love yep. it.
1: So cool, and one thing, Rachel, I don't know, we haven't talked about this, but there's a super cool new feature on <laughs> Spotify, which I'm talking oh. about on all my podcasts. Oh. If you go on Spotify, Cold Teas, and you scroll all the way to the top, just above all of the episodes for any of your podcasts you listen to, you're actually able to now rate your podcast uh, <gasps> one to five stars, five being the best. And Ooh. I have a mission right now, a goal, because it doesn't show your total until you have, I believe, at least 10 likes.
0: Wow.
1: So I've already went and liked uh, a few shows, including a real bodice <laughs> ripper. Uh. So if our listeners can help out and look at all our shows, Once Upon a Cult, The Marvelous Galaxy of Disney, Hanging with the Hollowells help me make my goal of putting us on the map with these likes.
0: Yeah, like us, give a girl a like.
1: (laughs) And I already said the name of your show, Rachel, but do you want to tell them what it is?
0: A Real Bodice (laughs) Ripper is a podcast that talks about um, romance novels and how quite Wonderfully inappropriate they can be. <laughs> tear them apart. It's really good fun. Um, so yeah, check my friend Jesse and I out on that.
1: And this week on Hanging with the Hollowells, Kevin and I had the time of our lives because we're on season eight of Charmed, which is notoriously like the not loved season. <laughs> but what I didn't know going in is uh Kaylee Kuoko is in it who is the beautiful blonde bombshell on uh, The Big Bang Theory. And she basically plays Cheesy Buffy. Like, she puts on leather, and she has, like, a dark wig. And every time she walks in the room, there's really cheesy music that plays. And it cracks me up. So we just, (laughs) even if you don't watch Charmed, I think you should try listening, because we just have the time of our lives.
0: (laughs) All right.
2: Nice. And, yeah. Yeah. Sean and I also are on another <laughs> podcast, um, the Marvelous Galaxy of Disney, and yeah, this week we actually are talking about the commune that Disney is going to build in Palm Springs. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, so check that out.
0: I yeah. am looking forward to the uh, reality TV show that is bound to come out of that.
1: <laughs> oh, I love
0: that. <laughs> um, Can I say, I'm looking at the levitation pictures right now, and (laughs) OMG, like, so, like, this, he's sitting there, like, in crisscross applesauce lotus uh, position, and he's making this face of just, like, the most, like, (gasps) face you've ever seen, and his, like, hair is, like, aloft, and to me, what it looks like is that, like, he was sat in that position, and he, like, kind of jumped like mm-hmm. he jumped himself into the air and had them take the picture yeah. while he was doing it. <laughs> it is hilarious, you guys. It looks like he's trying to poop really bad.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it does.
0: And also I love like his sweatsuit, his like wine maroony, y purpley colored sweatsuit
1: that he wears. <laughs> it is <laughs> It's choices. choices. It's good, good choices. Cool. And then um, in two weeks, we're talking about Super Happy Fun America.
0: Yay. It's a good Spoiler place alert. to be.
1: Is None it super happy? None for them. <laughs> 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 womp womp. Womp womp. All right. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again in two weeks. Bye. 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 Bye.
0: Wunderbar.